What's good, Wizards fans? The Washington Wizards struggle and lose to the Clippers and kind of come back down to earth. Bilal Kulabali is all who was also named to the Rising Stars team. Let's talk about it. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. The Washington Wizards lose 125 to 109. They come back down to earth after the great two-game winning streak, the first two-game winning streak of the season. The last time they had a two-game winning streak was back in March of last season, so they came back down to earth tonight. But um, today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys check out Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, Brandon. So yeah, we're gonna talk about Bilal later, getting to the Rising Stars game. But uh, of course, we got to talk about the game tonight. Um, what were your thoughts about the game tonight, and then what happened in that third quarter that just made it into a uh, blowout? Ah, man, I, I would say. Two things, in my opinion. Um, one, the usual suspect, which is rotations are slow to shooters, man. Uh, Ball Moon was killing us on the perimeter. I mean, the beginning of the game, they, went, they were three for four from three just to start the game. I mean, and, and if you saw those three three-point shots they made, man, I mean, they had time to shoot. So it was the defense went in nobody's face. The closeout was slow. The rotations were slow. Uh, they were beating us down the court, which leads into the second one effort. Um, Drew Gooden called out. <laughs> Daniel Gavin tonight said, "Look, effort just ain't there, and you know, look, God appreciate that. You know, finally somebody saying it that's, you know, within the organization. Look, effort. You know, lollygagging, not get down the floor, uh, taking your time. It's just the effort thingy. I mean, that was the biggest thing. They they shot well for tonight against us. I mean, looking at the clips. I mean, obviously, you know, Kawhi Leonard, thirty one points. Now he's a mid range guy, but he was knocking the mid ranges down. Uh, but James Harden, five for ten for three six for six from free throw um he he knows the rules and he plays to the rules and he was getting these calls and another couple calls was like man what but you know you know what the mo is with james harden he knows how to play the rules and he gets a lot of calls i thought that one three-point play where he went to the line for three shots um where they said i believe was what um Bilal was guarding him and he said he didn't give him enough chance to get his feet down it's like dude came down and then rolled back come on man like <laughs> stop it but yeah i mean this is a clear talent gap, obviously. The Clippers are just, you know, they didn't have Paul George, but they got a lot of talent on this team. I mean, their second team, you know, um, Brandon Boston. I mean, Trey Matt. I mean, the list goes on, man. They got a lot of talent on the team. I mean, Powell did his thing through five from three. Uh, so looking at our guys, starting five, Ty Jones won his best output. I mean, four points, four rebounds, seven assists. The assist numbers were there, but the shot just wasn't dropping. Too, um, shooting two for nine for the field. Denny Avia, 13 points, five rebounds, three assists, one block, one steal. The defense was there. He was um, doing his thing tonight. Kyle Kuzma, 27 points, high volume, as we know. But, you know, Kyle Kuzma was doing his thing, hitting a couple of really nice three-point shots. And then looking at Gaff, we're going to we kind of touch base on his effort. But, I mean, six points, eight rebounds, five blocks. Now, and that's the thing. And, and it just, like I said, I, I, I've been saying this for the last couple of years now. I mean, I am a Gaff fan, but 
they're empty stats. I mean, yeah, on, on paper, you're looking at, okay, six points, eight rebounds, five blocks, but then you were getting pushed down by <laughs> Mason Plumley, man. So, I mean, it's just, it to me, it's just continues to show how certain guys in this team, you know, on paper look like they're having an immaculate game, but it's, it's empty stats because, yeah, Plumley, 11 rebounds, five, only five points, but he, he was backing them down. You just, you, and that's the thing about Gaff, man, is that he struggled against a vast majority of the centers in this league, starting centers, that is. And for people saying that he's a starter, I I, I don't see it. I, I think he's a backup. I mean, if you look at a lot of these teams are asking for him, they're asking him in a backup role. Let's be 100 with this. So let's get to the starter show, E. Bilal Kulabali, a.k.a. Be Cool. My man plays some good basketball tonight. And starting for Jordan Poole, um, he was a late scratch. And Bilal did his thing tonight. 19 points, four rebounds, two assists, eight for 16 for the field. So he was efficient. 50% from the field and one for four from three. So he was not hesitant to take that three-point shot. Two blocks, one steal. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but he is definitely a rising star. I mean, this guy, he can place the ball. When he figures out a consistent offensive game, man, when he get, finds that dog offensively like he has a dog defensively, we found a dominant in the rough. And if you look at these young guys, man, I sit well in a rebuild going forward with him and Denny being those two young guys leading the charge into the rebuild because both of them have shown promise offensively this year. We know we, we know what they both can do defensively, but offensively, they both evolved. And in Bilal's case, with him being a rookie, it's been relatively quick. So, yeah, I, I like what I saw from the starters. And real quick, man, um, Kispert did the same 16 points, 6 for 11 in the field. He had his moments, um, pump fake, hit that three, and Marvin Bagley 10 points, eight rebounds. So he definitely had efficient rebounding numbers. But it came down to effort E, and again, Jekyll and Hyde with the team. One performance, the effort is there, the heart is there, and the next performance is long gone. It's in the parking lot. Right, yeah, I know. I know we were just riding high last night after the two-game winning streak. Granted, it was the Pistons and the Spurs that they beat, but um, the Clippers, man, they they came in and they dominated, especially that third quarter. Uh, 40 to 19 was the difference. Kawhi had 12 points in that fourth quarter. We got out-rebounded that fourth quarter, just outplayed. We were down by 29 at one point. Uh, Russ came in and looked like the Russ of old, like the OKC Thunder Russ or the Russ that was here <laughs> yeah. when, we, when we made the play-in. Uh, he had a dunk, a two-handed dunk, and then he had a nice pass to Kawhi, like a uh, no-look pass to Kawhi Leonard for an easy layup. And this was without Paul George. Paul George didn't play, of course, and then, you know, Jordan Poole didn't play. So I'm not going to say we lost. Of course, I'm not going to say we lost because Jordan Poole didn't play. But, um, <laughs> you know, he was out with an illness. That was announced literally like, what, 15, 10 minutes before yeah. the game. So. Uh, hope he's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we kind of this was a game where we lost on the boards again, fifty-two to forty-five. Uh, we didn't turn the ball over a lot, but the turnovers we had, they they took advantage of that and they converted converted those turnovers into points or dunks. And uh, like you brought up too, you know, defending the three-point line, that Norman Powell, they went twelve for thirty from the three-point line. They didn't make a lot of threes. We made nine, they made twelve, but just you know, the threes. They took advantage of those uh, open shots they, they had. And then free throws, They went the Clippers went 19 for 22. Um, and then uh, Norman Powell hurt us. He hit a couple of big shots. And uh, Amir Coffey stepped up for the Clippers, too, with 17 oh, yeah. points while Paul George was out. So a lot of guys stepped up, stepped up while Paul George was not there. And like you said, James Harden, you know, he he's, he's really good at, you know, manipulating the refs and kind of selling things and selling the refs and making them call. Uh, fouls for him. He only shot six free throws, but, you know, the times that he did get to the line, he, you know, kind of used his body and initiated some contact so the refs could make some calls for him here and there. 
Uh, but yeah, once again, I mean, you brought up Gafford too. It's like, you know, Gafford just had two really good games. So it's like, you know, you would think he would build off of it. We know guys yeah. have up and down nights, but this was a game where I thought he could have another good game. You know, Mason Plumley. you know, he, you know, he's a, he's a solid big, you know, he had, a, he had 11 rebounds, but you know, this is a game where I thought, you know, Gaff was going to go out there and, and dominate again, but that just wasn't really the case. Um, Bagley, he went out there and tried. He had uh, how many boards? He had eight boards and uh, ten rebounds. And this was not one of Tyus's better games, like you brought up either as well. Um, he didn't really get going until the second half, and he never really, really got going. He ended up with four points and uh, seven assists. But uh, yeah, the the court kids were play well. I gotta give him his props with sixteen points tonight too. He was one. Of, he played uh, one of his better games tonight too. And then uh, Blau getting the start, man. I thought he played well. Yeah. Um, the steal on James Harden where he plucked him. Then he had an offensive rebound and went back up and scored. Uh, had a couple of dunks. Had an alley oop where he finished as well. Uh, I like a, I like a lot of things that I saw from him. I think they gotta find a way to get him in that starting lineup. I know, you know, with Wes, he stuck to that starting lineup. And there's a report that came out and said that that's one of the reasons why he got yeah. let go. But with Keith, you know, we'll see what happens. The only reason why Bilal started tonight is because uh, Jordan Poole was out. But you know, we'll see if he does play around with the lineup. And of course, the trade de- trade deadline coming up. You know, we'll see what happens after February eighth. But uh, and then, of course, my our guy, uh, I'm gonna say our guy, but Johnny Davis had a <laughs> sighting there. So you know, you know, I mean, once again, garbage minutes. But you know, he actually did get in the game, so that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's definitely a positive. I guess. <laughs> I mean, <you> know, <laughs> and he got called up from the G League this morning. There you go. I mean, you know, I, I hate to call anybody the B word, man. I'm mm-hmm. talking about bus, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I really do, um, because. Look, these guys made it to this level, so they're obviously a lot better than I am. So, um, but he is what he is. I mean, if you look at other guys who are at his level, Jules Bernard, a lot more fire to him, man. He's just a, he's a better player, in my opinion. He's just he is what he is at this point, mm-hmm. man. So, I mean, what his future is, whether it's in DC or somewhere else, we'll see. But you know, Jekyll and Hyde, man. You know, you, you know, overall with this game, it just shows that we're just not a consistent team. You know, and then it's an effort thing. Um, yeah, there's a talent gap because they're a team that's trying to challenge in the West. Yeah, and you know, even without Paul George, man, they're still a really good team. I mean, they just the chemistry shows with them. It's just effort. I mean, we we <laughs> championship teams, playoff um, playoff teams, they play a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, and that's what you got to realize. And when you're trying to build a culture, is that you can't take days off, man. I mean, championship teams every night they're trying to put it on people, man, and they got to develop that type of mentality. You know, this whole, you know, filling themselves over two winning two game winning streak. Yeah, it's nice, but you the two worst teams in the NBA. Like, how much really can you pump yourself up? Like you beat the Pistons and the Spurs, man. It's like it's like a grown 30-year-old dude beating down a 14-year-old kid. Like, I mean, I would expect you to win the game or to win the fight. I mean, I I don't, you know, it's just the mentality, man. How we're pumping ourselves up after two games where we beat two scrubs. And then now we and what did I tell you, E? I told you that what I, what I wanted to see was how did they react against a really good team? And it shows when they went up against a, a really good team, they, they faltered, man, because you got to have that mentality to keep going. I mean, that, that is a playoff mentality that you have to have, man, going forward is that you got to be ready to put it on people 100% every game. Don't take games off, man, because you best believe, look at the top teams in the NBA right now. They're not taking nights off. They're, every night they're putting 100% effort in, man. So when you're getting called out by the announcer, and Drew Gooden knows what he's talking about, man. Look, we forget, man, Drew Gooden was that dude in the league, man, 
long time ago. I mean, he's been in the league, um, you know, associated with the NBA for a long time. He was that guy at that position for and so he knows what he's talking about, man. You know, he was a big man in this game well, well before Daniel Gafford was. So it's an effort thing. And it just shows you that when we play as a team, we can win, but the effort is just lackluster, man. So Jekyll and Hyde, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so disappointing to see. I, and like you said, I get it. You know, they are the Clippers are the better team. They're what, 30? Is their record 30 and 16 or something like that? They're 31 yeah. and 15. And the Wizards are nine and thirty, and the Clippers, you know, they have aspirations to if they can stay healthy, they can be in range of competing for a, a championship. I'll say that if they're healthy, a big if, huge if for the Clippers. Um, but yeah, they definitely could have put up, put up a better effort tonight. But we're gonna get to uh, a quick word about Price Picks before we talk about Bilal making the Rising Stars Challenge game. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. <clears throat> it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than or on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10 and a half combo three pointers made plus receptions. Prize Picks even offers a reboot, reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with any insurance policy. So make sure you guys check out Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. Um, Blau Kalabali has made the rising stars game. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Much deserved, much deserved, man. Mm. I mean, this kid is going to be a star, in my opinion, man. I mean, he has evolved relatively quickly offensively and defensively. He's a pass. He came in the league as a pass. I mean, he is active, man. Every game we're watching him pick the pocket of somebody who is a superstar. I mean, James Harden picked him. I mean, and the, the the most known highlight of him picking somebody was Joel Embiid. He can, he's an absolute beast, a dog on the defensive end. But offensively, he's a dog too. I mean, he has no problem trying to drive that lane with power, man. I mean, his three point shot, he's becoming less and less hesitant to take it. Now, obviously, he has, he has some work to do. And he said personally, like, look, catch and shoot. One bigger area he wants to work on. You can see that. Catch and shoot, fast release. He has to work on that. Um, a few moves here and there, ball handling or some things he needs to work on, but much deserved because. This guy's going to be a star. And like I said, going into the rebuild, you know, I look at me personally, and, and, you know, obviously it differs, but I think we do have a foundation with him and Denny Aviad being those two young pieces going to kind of be built upon going into the rebuild. Now, obviously, Denny, his name is is definitely mentioned in trade. So, I mean, Blau right now, you know, according to the front office, is that guy, is that building block. And so I love what I see. This kid is going to be a star because he's a, Dad, oh dog, man. I mean, he's. I mean, he's just. He, he's fearless out there. I mean, you just. He, he's just. I, I love what I see. And so, I mean, I can sit here and I can ramble for another 20, 30 minutes talking about this kid, man. But um, much deserved, much deserved. And you know, definitely the first of many accolades. And like I said, with him and Denny going into the future, going into the rebuild, I'm happy, man. I you know, I definitely, I, I sit pretty happy with those two being part of the foundation going forward. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Uh, looking at some of the numbers here, I was looking for Bilal. He's uh, top five among rookies in total steals and blocks, top 10 among rookies in points, rebounds, and threes. One of three rookies with at least 40 plus steals and 30 plus blocks. So he is a stat sheet stuffer. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you see him guarding some of the best players on the other teams, you know, pickpocketing and Joel and B, pickpocketing James Harden, guarding James Harden tonight. That's a tough task. Uh, Giannis has said good things about Bilal, saying that, you know, he looks ready to play that he's not scared the lights aren't too bright dame lillard said the, said the same thing uh so nothing but good things from Bilal. of course you know he's had some games where he struggled you know shooting but when he gets the ball in his hands you know keith had him out there playing point guard a little bit you know handling the bat handling the basketball he's just getting more opportunities and, and the more opportunities he gets the better he plays so he's gotten downhill getting to the basket um watch some, some of the highlights right now where he dunked on paul reed Yes, as sir. well. But uh, yeah, he, he's shown some flashes. It, it's, it feels good to have a rising star. It really did. It really does. Last year, you know, we didn't have any rising stars. We did have uh, Johnny, but, you know, he was in and out of the G League. So if, it feels good to have a rising star again in this league. I know. Um, so I'm excited to see him play in there. Of course, you know, Wimby's going to be in there. So we're going to see him play with his former teammate, uh, Wimby. He played really well against the, the Spurs in both games. But yeah, the potential is there, man. And I, he definitely how, – how many minutes did he put in? He played 37 minutes, and that's yeah, what he should be around every night. He should be around 35 minutes, 35 to 37 you – know, around 35, 37 minutes yeah. per night. Uh, that's what he should be getting. And, and then hopefully, if not before the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, he needs to start and get as many minutes, as many touches, as many, as yep. many plays called. You know, even J.J. Reddick said it on his podcast. Um, he said, give Bilal the keys, let him rock. Yeah, let him play. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be playing behind a bunch of guys. He needs as many opportunities. I know that was the kind of thing with West. I get West is a guy who he wants to play as veterans and stuff like that, and that's why he's gone. And now I think Keith is is is. We'll see how Keith plays it out. But I think I think uh, of course we don't. I don't think we know that Dawkins uh, most likely wants to see Bilal get more minutes, and I think that's something that Keith is definitely going to start doing, giving him more minutes and not, you know, having him, you know, play 15 minutes here and then 20 minutes there the next game. So I think we're going to get a steady dose of uh, Bilal thir- playing 30 minutes a game. But this is awesome. I'm excited to see him playing a Rising Stars game, um, and and hopefully in a couple of years we'll see him in an All Star game. Oh, we definitely going to see him in an All Star game in a couple of years, man, because that, I'm that high on him. Um, because we, we definitely hit on his draft pick. Um, after the deadline, he needs to start. He needs to be the two guard, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to see him and Denny in the same lineup. Um, maybe you could push Denny to the four, put the block to three, and maybe you start Kispert. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities after the deadline, man. You know, you're definitely going to have a lot younger roster, in my opinion. But we'll see. But, I mean, this kid can play. You know, um, like I said, there's a reason why this organization said that everybody is a tradable asset instead of Bilal Kulabali because they hit on his draft pick. The potential is through the roof. I mean, he definitely is going to develop into a 3 and D player, man, because I think he will figure that jump shot out. Because, I mean, he's got the hardest part of it, which is the mental part. He's not hesitant to take the shot. And that's one, that's one thing you can say about him and Denny, man. You know, um, they're less hesitant to take those shots. Now, Kispers is a sharpshooter, so his release has been there since day one. But out of the young guys, man, those two, they're, they're not, you don't see that fear with taking a shot anymore. And I'm telling you, when Black Kulabali figures that three-point shot out, the NBA needs to watch out because he's going to be a star. And absolutely, he is definitely part of the foundation to build, to build upon in the future. So I'm excited, mm-hmm. man. You know, I, I already knew he was – and it's going to be a good game, man. I, I'm not really a big all-star game person, but if you look at a mm-hmm. roster, man, it, uh, for the sophomore and the rookie teams, man, I'm going to watch that game because, I mean, your rookie team has Holmgren, Wimby, 
Bilal, I mean, it's going to be a fun game. So this will probably be the first year you're going to see me watch that game. But I'm excited mm. for him. Because Is your boy Cam Whitmore in there? Uh, I got to double check, man. But you know what? He's been killing it lately. So I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to change subjects. But um, it's going to be an exciting year to watch it. But he is much deserved because he's played his tail off this year. He's worked hard. And when we talk about effort and not, you know, the heart and people not being consistent with that, he's been consistent and working his tail off. The work ethic shows. And, you know, that's why Bilal Kulabali, man, is going to be the guy that we can build around, man, because the work ethic. He's he's trying to get better. He's working to get better, and he is getting better. So once he figures it out, man, I'm trying to tell you, this kid will be an all-star. Mm, definitely. And, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to point out that Kuz only had two rebounds tonight. I see a lot of people upset about that. We'll talk about that next, though. He had zero <laughs> assists tonight. <laughs> Zero assists and two rebounds. That just can't happen. He's he's got to rebound. And he he's been rebounding better. I hate to take away from Bilal, but he's he's got to rebound the ball better than that. He has to. Yeah, I mean that comes down with effort and Karen. You know, what I mean it's yeah. just it the consistency has been an issue that we've seen the last couple of years with this team. Man, it's just Jekyll and Hyde. Man, one game is a, you see the ball movement, you see the team basketball, and then the next game. There's no effort, no care in the world. So it's just they got to find consistency. Will they this year? I mean, I think a little too late. I think we are who we are. But b- trying to build culture, especially under interim head coach, man, got to build a culture of hard work and effort, man. You have to. So until they consistently do that, you're going to see performances like this for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to comments. But before we do, tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch. Yes, sir. Grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. So FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a dub or two or three. Who knows? Not only you, not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown. How many points will they score? And so much more. So, news customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So, all you got to do is just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. So, let's slide into some comments. Definitely appreciate everybody all right. rocking with us tonight. Yeah, James Sheets. Unfortunately, uh, he made this comment at 7.44 p.m. when the game started, when it was close, because it was close. The whole first half, it was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, I got to see what the score was at halftime, but I'm pretty sure they were only down by like five or something like that at, at the half. Um, but he says uh, the difference in coaching um, is already insane. We have timely timeouts that are meant to change the direction of the game before it gets out of hand. Hot take, not one 15-plus point lead blown by the rookie of the year. Uh, rookie or yeah, rookie of the year, I guess. Rookie head coach. Um, yeah, I mean, the first half was solid, and then that that third quarter just got out of hand. So James Sheets, he he made that comment before the third quarter where they lost that third quarter, forty to nineteen, because they were down at the first the end of the first quarter. They were down 37-35. The second quarter, the Clippers scored twenty nine. The Wizards scored twenty five. So they were down by like five at the half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Keith. Yeah, he has called timely timeouts. Um. He did as much as he could before it got out of hand, but yeah, they they just they couldn't stop Harden, they couldn't stop Kawhi, they couldn't stop Russell Westbrook at one point. Norman Powell started going off too, so it, it did get ugly out there. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's a renewed 
energy in the building with the interim league coach and Brian keeps taking over for West NFL Jr. Man, but I mean it, it it comes out of the players. You gotta put effort. You gotta put some heart into it, man. And this it continues to be an issue for this team this year. You know, Jekyll and Hyde. You know, we we get two wins against, you know, no disrespect, two bottom dueling teams. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, we we <laughs> like we you gotta play these these playoff teams hard. That's how you get better, man. I mean it's <laughs> You're not going to give me the accolades beating down on the teams that are on your level. You got to be able to go out there and, and and have good performances against contenders and playoff teams. That's how you get better, man. And they got to have, I don't know what it's going to take for them to find a consistent source of giving a crap. Like, I mean, it's up to them. They have to care. And like you said, and you know, and you know, we both said it. I think a lot of them checked out till the trade deadline. I mean, yeah, we got a couple good wins, but man, we, we got to. We got to find some heart, man. I mean, we really got to build on the culture of, of playing hard. And it just it, it bothers me. You know, like I said, now you got Drew Good calling people out. So, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, look, we all know that they don't call people out too much because, you know, I'm not going to get into it. But um, they have to try to be as positive as possible. So, if you got mm-hmm. Drew Good out there calling people out, man, the saying, look, need to pick it up. He's got to pick it up because, look, best believe Marvin Bagley's breathing down his neck. And mm-hmm. like I said earlier, man, yeah. This team's calling back at in what capacity, though? Backup center. Nobody views him as a starter except for us. And there's a reason for that because he struggles. E, how many times? I mean, let's not even talk about Mark Williams and all these. I mean, and, and he's I mean, not Mark Williams ain't upper echelon, but I mean, as far as he struggles against guys that are slightly above him, man. Like he struggles against most of the centers in the league. So, he, in my opinion, he's just he ain't it as far as starting center. Now, whether they move him or not, there's a whole other episode. But Marvin Bagley has to be considered to be the, for starting at center, in my opinion. He's just more versatile. You know, he's better in scoring and rebounding in the paint. You know, he just Gaff has these moments where he checks out. And, yeah, five blocks, but at expense of what? You just got backed down by Mason Plumley. And you want to talk about the realm with ugly shots. Good God, that's a whole other episode about his shot. But so it's just the effort thing, man. And we are so Jekyll and Hyde. We're one team, one minute. The next game, we're a totally different team. So I, I completely agree. Right, yeah. Gaff, he had two good games where he really showed some strides, and I was like, yeah, if he keeps it up, man, this is you know, this is where he looks really good. And I, I really feel like he should get no less than eight rebounds a game. Um, just looking at him tonight, how many boards did he have? Yeah, because, you know, Plumlee had 11. Uh, Gaff, yeah, he did have five blocks, but, you know, he just – you know he wasn't much of a, as a of a presence. He did end up, he ended up with eight boards tonight, but only six points. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good and called him out, man. You know we want to see you play with that effort like you did against the Spurs and the Pistons, where you're yelling at everybody, getting up in guys' faces and yelling and dunking on people. That's what we want to see all the time from Gaff. So we just haven't seen that consistently from him. Um, Bagley, yeah, he he's just really he's made Gaff play harder as of late. I think the last two games, you know. Bagley has really rubbed off on him. And uh, Bagley, he's just been really consistent. You know, five for seven from the field, 10 points, eight boards. You know, Bagley's been super consistent, a couple double-doubles since he's been here. He's been a great addition. I mean, um, I I can't talk about enough how we, you know, how we really got the better of the trade. We're getting Bagley two second-round picks for just Gallo and Mascala. Uh, So, yeah, Gafford, we want to see consistency from from him. We'll see if he's going to be here after the trade deadline again. You know, we talked about yesterday where if he is traded to the Rockets, he'll be a backup yeah. center. That's really more of kind of where I feel like he's he's better suited, especially on a playoff on a playoff team. He's going to be a backup big. Knicks, yeah. backup big. Rockets, backup big. 
I, I could even see the Nuggets don't reportedly have interest, but I could see him being a good backup to um, to Jokic. Yeah, as well. Um, I think he'd be a good fit there. Um, but um, yeah, we should gotta see that consistency from him. We'll see where he ends up if he's here after uh, February eighth. I mean, here's the thing, E. That's not a knock though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Javal McGee, former Wizard, mm-hmm. he made his money. He made a career of being just a role playing center on a mm-hmm. second unit. And how many how many rings does he have? I'm just saying, like, this, it's not a knock against Gafford, man. You know, not everybody's a starter in this league. There's, there's people that are just perfect for a certain role. And for him, you know, he's perfect for a backup big role. He's perfect for that. He's just not the starter. I think you got you really got to consider bringing in Marvin Bagley as being the starting center, man, because he scoring-wise, Gafford, you, you got to set him up. You know, Bagley has footwork where he can he can score on his own in the paint. Um, he's got he's got a jumper now, three point shooter. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, rebounding mm-hmm. and scoring in the paint, which we desperately need, is money with Bagley. So, I think you got to get to a point where you got to call it, it is what it is. Stop hoping for something to change. He is who he is, and there's several people on this team that you can use that. He is who he is, man. You know, you got to a point with certain people. So, you know, Daniel Gafford going forward. Um, I don't think I don't know. I can see I'm 50 50 whether he's gonna be here or not. I can see him being. Move to, like you said, the Rockets. And the Knicks, to me, looks like the perfect fit. But I can also see him being uh, staying here past the deadline, man. But it has to be in a backup capacity. So mm-hmm. um, this comment is from Crystal Scott. Okay. Uh, she says, <laughs> what was up with the play calling? Harden's flop was reviewed, and he still got to go to the charity <laughs> line. The rule only worked when enforced. <laughs> Appreciate the comment, by the way. Um you know, Harden will get his calls, man. I mean, you know, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. He's gonna get his calls, but play calling. I mean, I, I feel like the play calling has been better underneath Keith, man. But again, it goes back to the same point we've been saying all night: effort. You know, if you don't care, <laughs> you can play every call. You play um, you you can call every play in the world if you don't care. It is what it is. And tonight they just didn't care, man. I mean, yeah, the Clippers are a lot better, but they didn't care. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, like everybody brought up, man. You know, coups. Rebounding and an assist, man. He's got to step it up. Right, yeah, two rebounds. is inexcusable. Zero assists is, is inexcusable as well. Um, but, no, that's a good question. Um, the the flop was reviewed. He still got the call. Yeah, uh, he, he gets calls all the time. You know, he's manipulated refs, and, you know, he, he knows how to, you know, use his body and create contact into guys and the refs they fall for all the time. They've been doing that ever since he was with the Rockets. Where he got to the line all the time. Yeah, so it is what it is. He's just he's mm-hmm. one of those guys in the league. He's gonna get his calls because he knows how to play the rules, man, perfectly. He just knows. Um, it's from seven five seven five. Oh, my fault. Oh. Oh. Seven five seven. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. It's uh question E. Oh, Brandon. Every time Johnny plays his he his debuts with a new shot and it gets worse and worse each time, especially tonight. Is he changing it or is that the team changing? You know, at this point, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I feel like his shot has changed so many times. Um, Johnny Davis is what he is. And you can point it. It's really hard to point who kind of messed him up. Maybe it's him not taking out, you know, advantage of opportunities when playing. Um, I felt, me personally, I felt like when they try to change his game and make him a point guard and try to change all these little parts of his game, that's what that's what screwed over Johnny Davis, in my opinion. We should have played him to his strengths, which he's a mid-range shooter, which I don't want to hear that. Mid-range ain't the thing no more. I mean, DeMar DeRozan still makes his money off mid-range. I mean, Kawhi Leonard tonight, how do he make his money tonight? Mid-range jumpers to a, to a T. 
So there's still room for that in the NBA now to be a mid-range specialist. Um, they didn't play to that. They didn't use him as a scorer and his defense. He tried to make him a point guard. And I don't know who changed if he decided to change the shot. But if you look at his mechanics at Wisconsin, there was nothing wrong with the shot. And then he comes to DC and he has his leg, his leg shanking and all this other stuff. So I, I don't know what's going on with the shot. I, you know, to me, he is what he is right now. And you just need to call it like it is. We we missed on that pick. And I hate to say that, but I'm officially saying it. We missed on that pick. Yeah, yeah, Tommy. That was Tommy Shepard's pick, and uh, clearly, uh, Will Dawkins and Michael Winger and Travis Link—they're not invested in developing him. They have him in the G League. They're bringing him up. He's only getting playing time in garbage time, really, when the game's out of hand. Uh, the shot, yeah, it's been changed multiple times. You know, whether he's you know going down too low, just dipping too low. Whether he's kind of has a hitch in his shot, just doesn't look confident at all. It's unfortunate because I really thought he was a talented player coming out. I love yeah. his energy. I love his motor, the way he played defense. Um, of course, the game against Purdue where he had 37 points. Of course, you don't want to judge him off of just one game of one college game. But, you know, Big Ten player of the year, all that stuff. A lot of the Big Ten players of the year uh, didn't pan out in the uh, NBA, though, if you actually look at it. But um, like Frank Kaminsky, Luka Garza. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, Johnny, like, I, I feel like he had, you know, talent, of course. I mean, you can say that about every player. And then you just saw him in a summer league. You're like, man, this is going to be a work in progress. Where he even struggled in the summer league, his his rookie season, where he just couldn't get by anybody. And you know, the shot and uh, the mid range game is the best part of his game coming out of college. You know, he hasn't really um, got that going consistently either. There was a mid range game, the the one jumper that he shot against the Magic, where he missed that really badly off the backboard, and uh, you saw the Magic bench kind of just you know making fun of him a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, I still think there's something there. I really do wish he would have got more playing time this year, but you got to earn it. And um, yeah, they 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 just don't see him in their in their future. So they they're just they're they're kind of cutting bait with it. They're like, okay, we didn't draft him. You know, they probably didn't like him. They must have not liked him before the draft either. You know, because if yeah. they liked him before the draft, I feel like they would have invested a little bit more time in him. But they must have not had him high on their board either. So when they when they got here, they're like, okay, yeah, it's just not going to work, and they're they're just ready to move on. So I think it's another guy that, that probably will be traded. He doesn't have any value, but he may be attached in a trade. And I think a different um, change of scenery, where maybe he could get some playing time somewhere else. So I, I really hope that for him. I hope he gets a chance somewhere else. I don't think he'll get it here. And uh, I think they're just cutting bait, like you said. And um, they didn't draft him, so they're, they're just going to move on. But uh, we'll probably, I guess, we'll we'll move on here. 35 minutes. Uh, I know there's a lot of comments, guys, and I, I, I trust me, we will. Next episode tomorrow, we're just going to read them. The first thing we do is going to, we're going to talk about comments. Yes, we want to talk about some of the reports that came out. Like they're not, they're not, they're not gung ho over getting two first round picks anymore for Kuzma. They feel like they may just get one. We definitely want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I know we talked about Quentin Grimes. We may talk about him again tomorrow. Them have an interest in Quentin Grimes. Uh, then of course, there's a couple more reports and, and rumors coming out for sure. Um, I did see one comment here. It was uh, – where was it from? I do see some commander's comments in here about the coaching situation, of course. I know people are definitely uh, up in arms about that. Um, but, Tay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow too. He said, <laughs> we're, we're terrible. I'm not even mad. Uh, if they don't care, why should we? But, yeah, we'll talk about that stuff tomorrow. So we just want to thank you guys. For making lots of wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get podcasts. Hell to the wizards. Peace.